Welcome to Squawk 5353, the Private Pilot Podcast, Episode 21. I'm your host, Izzy Simon, a private pilot sharing my tips and tricks to make the skies a safer place. In today's episode, I'll be sharing tips to help you prepare for your first solo. Stay tuned for all this and more in Squawk 5353. Before we get into this week's episode, I'd like to invite you to consider donating to my Patreon. For those of you who don't know, Patreon is a way for you to financially support the show. This show takes a lot of time each week to research, record, edit, and produce. It would mean the world to me if you went over to my Patreon and supported this show. A link to my Patreon can be found in the show notes. And now to tips for preparing for your first solo. This episode is a little different than the rest because most of this is coming from my personal experience. While I did consult multiple CFIs, both online and in person, about their tips for their students, much of the information in this week's episode comes from my personal experience. For me personally, the most important tip is to stay calm and do not be pressured by any outside forces. Many young student pilots often feel pressured by ATC or other traffic. But as you learn in your training, it's aviate, navigate, communicate. At this point in your training, your instructor has deemed you a safe pilot to be able to fly the airplane on your own. This means that air traffic communications are totally up to you as the pilot in command. Although ATC or other pilots at a non-controlled airport may sound intimidating, you ultimately have the final say of the safety of the flight and that is your primary responsibility. Going off that, make sure to tell ATC it's your first solo. At the airport that I'm based out, most of the air traffic controllers recognize the tail numbers of the school's airplanes. They are typically more lenient with these pilots because they understand that they are learning and oftentimes many of them are flying solo for the first or one of the first times. Because of this, I never declared myself as a student pilot solo at my home airport. However, when I headed to the south and entered Madison's class Charlie airspace, I made sure to declare myself as a student pilot. This way, the air traffic controllers were often more lenient and will sometimes spare you from the last minute vector or late descent into an airport because of this. Now that you're on your own, many pilots feel that they don't need to use checklists anymore because their instructor is no longer badgering them about it. That being said, however, it is always useful to have the checklist ready and handy. And so while you may not need it during routine parts of flight, it is easily accessible when you enter more stressful parts of the flight. As a young student pilot with low time, you do not have all the procedures for the airplane memorized. That being said, it's good to have a checklist with you. If you plan on moving forward into the commercial aviation realm, you will see that the professionals flying the big birds live and die by the checklist. Many pilots often say that the airplane will do its job if you do yours. As a student pilot, I always struggled to hit my airspeeds perfectly on approach and in the other legs of the traffic pattern. Airspeed is fairly easy to correct for, so if you notice a deviation, either increase or decrease power or your pitch attitude. As a student pilot, you shouldn't be trying anything new on your solo. There will come a day when you can practice power off short approaches and low level passes in formation, but today is not that day. You will be happiest and most successful if you fly your first solo by the book and do what you train to do. While those are all tips for the day of your solo, 
there also are tips to help you prepare for the day of your solo. In preparing for your solo, make sure that you practice, practice, practice. Stress is often more prominent when we are unprepared or ill-prepared. You can get yourself ready for your first solo by reviewing and rehearsing the lessons leading up to the first solo stage. This includes working your muscle memory, which is the trait of many safe and competent pilots. While flying time with an instructor is expensive, there are other options which yield great results in the progress towards your first solo. Many pilots will resort to using flight simulators. Whether it's at home or your flight school's professional flight simulator, practice running your various checklists and flows in the simulated world. Perform specific tasks that you were worried about, such as takeoffs, landings, stalls, and entering the traffic pattern. Practicing your go-arounds in the simulator is a great way to prepare for your solo as well. If your approach during your flight does not seem stabilized, or something just doesn't seem quite right, simply go around. A good landing is never forced. Not all students have access to a simulator, and not all students find simulators as useful as the next method, chair flying. Even though I had access to a full motion Redbird simulator and a simulator at home, I chose to chair fly because it forced me to critically analyze every step of the flight. For those of you who don't know, chair flying is where you visualize the flight in your mind and faux fly all the stages. While you visualize each stage of flight, think through your checklists and responsibilities as the pilot in command, just as you would in the real airplane. Review all the basics including airspeeds, procedures, radio calls, and landings. Make sure that along the way you trust your progress. Your instructor will not sign you off to solo until he or she feels very confident that you are ready. Since your state of readiness can vary from day to day and flight to flight, many instructors will not indicate the date which your solo will take place. As I mentioned in the beginning of this week's episode, make sure to confront your anxiety. Even if your instructor doesn't set a date for your first solo, you may develop a type of spidey sense right before you get signed off for it. As a pilot, you know when you've been good and bad in the cockpit. And before your solo, you will slowly feel your anxiety start to build. If that is the case, however, try to manage your nervousness. One thing that I found useful is simply admitting to yourself that you feel anxious, and slowly and methodically trying to replace those nervous thoughts with positive ones. Going along with not stressing yourself out too much, make sure to give your brain a break. Don't overprepare. Although you should walk through your procedures to build up muscle memory, you should let your mind simmer on low and let repetition do the work. Make sure that you get a good night's sleep, because a well-rested pilot is a safer, more prepared pilot. Try to prevent unnecessary stress. For example, if I know that I'm flying in the morning, I will pack all my bags the night before so I can simply grab them in the morning with my breakfast. As every good pilot knows, sound aeronautical decision making extends well beyond the confines of the aircraft. Rushing through your routine can create chaos. Eliminate the chaos by eliminating the rushing. While many student pilots are anxious to solo, if your instructor signs you off and you do not feel comfortable, simply tell your instructor. While you need your instructor's endorsement, the decision is ultimately yours to fly solo or not. If you have less than perfect weather, strong winds, or poor visibility, feel free to tell your instructor that you'd like to do your solo on a different day. 
your instructor will obviously understand and be proud of their student for making a smart, aeronautical decision. Now that you've completed your very first solo, it's time to have your tail cut. While traditions vary from region to region and even airport to airport, one tradition that has held true throughout the entire United States is the cutting of your tail or the back of your shirt after you solo for the first time. Most flight instructors will hold on to these tails until their student passes their private pilot checkride. Then they're allowed to take it home and hang it up as a trophy of their completion of their private pilot training. And now, an update on my flight training. The past few months have been a very difficult journey for my flight training. Last time I gave an update on my flight training, I was about to take my stage 1 exam. I took and passed my stage 1 exam, but that's when my aviation world was shattered. On February 16th, 2021, my flight instructor Remington and another of the school's flight instructors passed away in an aviation-related accident in Janesville, Wisconsin. Both of them were incredibly talented pilots and are missed by the school and the entirety of the aviation community in the area. Since then, my flight training has been sporadic as I scramble to find a new instructor to continue my love of aviation. I've had two flight instructors since then. I've now found a new instructor and have begun my stage two instrument flight training. It's a great feeling to be back in the air. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Squawk 5353. I know this week's episode is a little bit on the shorter end, but recently I have been having a very crazy schedule with flight training as well as other school-related events. However, next week, I hope to be back in full force with a full-length episode. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. This way, new episodes are automatically downloaded to your device. Make sure to share this episode with a friend to help it grow. As I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, please consider donating to my Patreon. A link to my Patreon can be found in the show notes. Also in the show notes is a link to all the resources used in today's episode. Again, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Squawk 5353, and let's make the skies a safer place. Mm -hmm.